welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. This week it's Ravaged Worlds as Kirby and the Tarnished head out into their respective unknowns to fight against all manner of beastly foes, powering up to overcome their greatest challenges yet. That's right, it's time for Kirby in the Forgotten Land and Elden Ring. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Hollywood Knuckles. What about him? He forgot where his uh, roots come from. He forgot where his roots are. (laughs) If I recall, you enjoyed watching that that flick in theaters. I did absolutely enjoy watching that flick in theaters. But that boy Knuckles still forgot where he came from. Uh, I I agree. I, I I would agree. But looking looking on it and looking further... I generally think he does just doesn't know what's going on. I think he's just like, what? Movie? That was a flick the whole time. He thought it was probably real. I was like, what? That wasn't real? Flick. All seriousness, I am proud of our boy Knuckles. Like, he did a great job in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie in theaters. <laughs> he's just going to promote the movie. I'm, uh, it's like the highest grossing video game movie that's out. So, ever. I think ever, actually. So... It finally um, beat Morbius as the number one movie in America. <laughs> Morbius, no, Morbius never had a chance. Well, it it was it, number one for three days, I hear, and then Sonic comes, uh, blows it out of the water, and what a fun movie. <laughs> I think if Morbius didn't have the Marvel name tied to it, nobody would have gone and watched it. Morbius is not a commonly known Spider-Man, you know, villain. Yeah, but the thing about Morbius is I've always liked the character and thought it was interesting. But we're not here to talk about Morbius. We're here to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was actually great. <laughs> it was really great. Uh, I enjoyed Sonic 2, I think. I read that they try to criticize the movie, saying that there's not enough human interaction, which I find a major plus, that there's way just more of the actual characters. Are you kidding me? Watch, like I Sonic. totally yeah. missed the 90% human interaction, like from the first Sonic movie. It was sorely missed. I, I just was wondering when the more human characters would show up to take away from the awesomeness that was Sonic and Knuckles. And even no. Tails was good in this movie. Like, Tails Every... was good in this movie. <laughs> Every character from from game to to movie on the big screen it was I think done very well. It was, it was justice on the the characters as a whole. Knuckles was still the angry, tough, but still not you know in the way that he was dumb. It, it might rub off on that. He just doesn't know. Uh, it's a foreign. It's a foreign planet to him, so he doesn't know what's going on. It felt like a combination between say like your Sonic X Knuckles. And the Sonic Boom Knuckles, but it took the best parts of both of those characters and made something new. Exactly. Of course, they dubbed over his voice with Idris Elba, you know, and I thought that was good too. Oh, he did amazing. Uh, it fit the role. Uh, it just fit very well. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Knuckles. Um, uh, we're not going to have spoiler thoughts here, hilarious. but Jim Carrey, yeah. I, I, I thought even back in the first one, I'm like, Jim Carrey just works for me personally as a mustache twirling villain in like a kid's movie like it just seems like he's such a good fit and i know some people are like oh cringer but i'm like dude it's jim carrey doing eggman and it's pretty cool yeah jim carrey he did everyone just did amazing work uh even like i said even the human actors didn't yeah they were they were really good in this one yeah it didn't it didn't feel anything didn't feel cringy or forced a lot of homages to to sonic games some of them i wish that were in there some of that i wish you know i guess you know it's well enough I noticed there were a few references that did pop in that you and me mm-hmm. were the only people that kind of reacted to them. And I was like, that's how you know we play Sonic. <laughs> exactly. And it's not even like deep cut references. No, no. I was making my own deep cut references in, exactly. in my head as we watched the movie. I'm like, oh, this would have been a great part to add that. But the masses, the masses wouldn't get the deep cut reference. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe if they do a third one, that that one should honestly be they should try to be as catered towards a really like not like hardcore hardcore fans obviously like yeah. way more references and maybe allowing some of the 
Because, you know, Mania was made by a fan, which is, like, insane. You know, it's a yeah. guy who liked the franchise, made it. And so like, maybe Tyson Hess, who did some of the animation, that. I believe, worked on these mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. But, I mean, I think we're going to go way too much into this. But more or less, Sonic 2, it was a good, really good movie. I honestly personally give it uh, a 8, eight out of 10 because it's... Honestly, it, it did every character right. You can take your take the whole family with you. It's honestly, there's like I said, there's a lot of jokes that adults are gonna be like, "That's funny," and like kids, it's just gonna go over kids' heads. So it, it's entertaining for adults too. There's a lot of things that adults can just be like, "How oh, that's funny." I'm glad my kid doesn't understand that joke. Yeah, and I will say that the first one kind of reminded me of like a road movie between a cartoon character and a person. Whereas mm-hmm. this one felt like it could have been an actual Sonic story. Because, yes, there's a human in a Sonic story, but he's not, like, the central part of the plot. Like, there's a human character in Sonic X um, and a few of the other shows, but, like, they were never, like, super big in the plot. So this one felt to me more like like a Sonic Adventure 2 turned into a movie or something like that. Yeah, it, 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 I, if you take, like, the Sonic X show, you know, you... Uh, X, you um... You have a season where obviously there's a lot more humans. They're, they take place on Earth, and then obviously the later, you know, later on they go to space, which is way more on just character. Uh, I don't even remember character. that. I, I yeah. gotta rewatch that yeah. show. So that's why I feel like you you, you could kind of like put it towards that. The first movie was sort of like you know that season where there's a lot of human interaction, but then later on obviously they they go to space, so it's way more mm-hmm. just like the actual characters from the video game interaction, which is definitely the second movie. Um, two things I think are minuses for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, come on, no big the cat, no big the cat, big the cat. Oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. And and another another minus, and this is a big one. No Sonic Underground theme. Sonic Underground. Oh, there's so many references, man. That, that we 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 made. I I was saying, and it's not really a spoiler. I really wish there was a moment where they were going through, like, family photos. Say, like, it's been, like, a couple years. It's been, like, a year later, and they're going through family photos, and, and Sonic had a Halloween, and he dressed up as a werewolf. I'd be like, that's such a deep cut. Oh, that would have been That only, cut. like, something like, that, I know, I understand that. I understand that one. And I just feel like it's pertinent to mention here on this podcast that Hard Times by the Jetsons is not featured in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 <sighs> movie in theaters. Spoilers. Let's all shed a tear for Hard Times by the Jetsons. I know. I, could have been used. I mean, could have been, but, uh, you know, I mean, this is the reason why it's not in the still the third, when they re-release the third, is not in it. Maybe they just can't get the rights to it. Who knows, but. I yeah, was uh, reading that the music rights for the first two games, and as we know, the third game might be a little tricky to do in, like, a movie. Like, the mm-hmm. first two, but especially three. So it's like, uh, it would have been cool if they went that extra mile and got hard times. But I, I won't complain, because yeah. I thought the movie was just a delight. Yeah, uh, you know, what's what's a good movie to you? Not every movie has to be, uh, like... I guess all, not every movie has to be, like, a No Country for Old Men, where it's, like, it's a deep story, and you gotta fit, puzzle it all together. No, it's just an entertaining movie flick, and that's all it, you know, it needs to be. Yeah, It doesn't need to be, like oscar worthy and then drama and stuff like that you know it's just no, an enjoyable movie and that's all i need this to is be. definitely a cloud uh, uh this is definitely a crowd pleasing kind of movie too exactly so i like the sonic the hedgehog movie too in theaters i hope it one day comes to paramount plus to watch as the first one did except it won't come to ps5 but i think maybe in the future we'll do a spoiler episode about that very movie like maybe around the time the home release comes out so yeah, maybe keep an eye or, out for that. Disc release. Yeah, we'll definitely do a spoiler. Anyway, sometimes we talk about video game movies here on this video game podcast. It's called Markers on the Map. It's a weekly gaming adventure where this week it's a game's kind of week. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get started, my name is Daniel and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert. And Robert, there are many questions I could ask of you, but the one I will go ahead and ask today is how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty all right. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, just been it's been like a normal, just kind of week, kind of lazy on the weekends, just doing whatever. But yeah, it's been all right. How have you been? Uh, um, I've been pretty good too. Dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dot. Um, dot, 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 dot. dot. 
And maybe um, that'll show up later in the episode, too. Uh, <laughs> no, I've been pretty good. I have a lot to talk about this week, um, games-wise. But other than that, I've just been, you know, watching that Moon Knight. Proud Family's got a few more episodes left. TV's good. Star Trek Picard. All that stuff. And then I've been working. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go ahead and start with uh, a few news stories this week. There's a few small news stories this week. There's one kind of big one, but that's, uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you know. <laughs> well, we I've got some thoughts on the big one. Um, so, a smaller one is that Nintendo Switch Online, on the day this podcast goes up, I believe, is getting Mario Golf added to the Nintendo 64 uh, Switch Online app. Expansion. Mm. Yeah. So, Mario Golf 64, this is back in the day before the Nintendo sports games had, like, a very sterile look to them. And I believe mm-hmm. this is considered to be one of the best sports games ever put on Nintendo system. I can't remember if this one is regarded higher than the, the GameCube one, but I've always heard that the Mario Golf for the N64 is one of those top-tier things that is, like, legendary. What's what's the Mario sports theme that either they haven't done or they haven't done in a long time? Well, they only did one baseball was, game, right? Did, was Mario was there only one? Ba- I thought there was two. Was there one? Not no ones for the Wii, but was there only one? I think there's only the one for the GameCube, and then they did basketball as a Square Enix crossover on the DS. Well, we'll see if they bring more sports games, but Mario Golf for this N64. Eh, uh, I just sometimes I I I, th- I believe they they should honestly bring way more hidden uh un yes. you know, not really appreciated games t- kind of like they did with the, the SNES app they've kind of gone into like let's exactly. pull out something from the deep dark SNES saga and hopefully we kind of get there with the N64 even then I I I believe they should honestly do way more I believe it's not enough I, it's just so much time goes past before they even add a lot of things where some of it is okay and i really wish they would just really do some deep cut like this is really like a really good game people really need to try out before you know anything i think we need to see wave race at some point even though that's not a deep cut and i mean glover would be cool but i'm waiting for kirby 64 that is something that i think should have been on there already and it would have been a great time to release it alongside forgotten land diddy kong racing should be oh absolutely like a hundred percent even though i like the 3ds version better um i would love to play at 64 diddy kong racing Yes, 3DS or is it just regular DS? Regular DS. Did I say 3DS? Uh, you said 3DS. <laughs> if like, only, 3DS if only. I wish they if would only. come out with that game on the Switch, like a new version of it. I would not mind that at all. When when you brought up the fact that you have to do so many things like rev the tires or like blow, I forgot all about that on the DS version. Which yeah, is so just that's like, like a negative zoinks. to it. But like doing the balloon touch challenges, as much as I hate those. It's better than the silver coin challenges because a, something like that stresses stresses me out. <laughs> that's a youch. That's a big youch right there. Yeah. But we'll get to Diddy Kong Racing at some point when we do another kart racer episode because I, f- I feel it coming on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's move on. Remedy. We know them as the makers of Alan Wake and Control. They are apparently in agreement with Rockstar famed creator of rockstar games presents table tennis to remake max Payne and max Payne 2 the fall of max Payne. I, I don't think it's out of the question how rockstar became m- most people's game development you know it, it became rockstar studios just became where it was a respected uh studio to honestly most people are honestly starting to hate towards rockstar and and i don't think the hate is unjustified it's sort of why you know not release a certain game for years like i understand if it you know the way they make games changes but it's just everyone knows it's just beating the dead horse at this point how much blah 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 so and so blah blah so and so but max pain 2 and and 1 being remade it's 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 cool but it's like that's cool and all but why can't you just port red dead redemption 2 to the ps5 and and next gen consoles with higher frame rate and a ray tracing 30 frames mode yeah and nowadays people 
and gamers will tell you exactly what they want. People are crying out like, fix the online for Red Dead, make it more, you know, you know, interactive and have an incentive to play it and mm-hmm. add port it. And then just like, okay, we're gonna take everything you said and give you a pretty quick, mediocre re HDs of the original trilogy and we're gonna announce Max Payne one and two. Which uh is not that Well, this is you know, Remedy that's remaking it them. It's not Rockstar. Yeah. This is that thing yeah, that but... we've always kind of thought it would work for something like a Metal Gear Solid where the license goes to another company like like yeah. a Blue Point or something and then they come out with something because, you know, Konami wouldn't do it. This is like Rockstar wouldn't make Max Payne 1 and 2 again, so let's give it to someone who's kind of proven themselves in the third-person shooter space the past couple of years. That's true, but at the end of the day, it's still Rockstar's game. So if there's something they're just like, we don't want this and they're just like we really want it but they're like we don't want it take it out they can i don't deny that being like a thing where someone's like well people really was like oh we're not gonna add it just take it out a lot of that's how people have you know like games have like hidden things and then people data mine it out and it's just like this used to be part of the thing and they took it out and no one knows why but Mm. we'll, we'll see but so far rockstar hasn't at least now a really good track record of when it comes to satisfying the consumer and they're just kind of disconnected from the you know where everyone's asking for yeah. really and that's what at least what i see a lot from people saying that they're very disconnected to the actual fan base or not understanding they're not catering towards them to what they actually and i think the requests aren't unreasonable i don't think it's unreasonable to ask for a, a re hd not you know a proper hd version of the original maybe just even the first third one gta or just Port over Red Dead and higher frames and all that stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, Rockstar is just like, well, look what happened when we remastered something or remade something. Let's just give it to someone else. <laughs> I, I hope that's the case, and I hope it does very well. That maybe at this point they will remake almost every Rockstar except for like a couple games that I know off the top of my head. I know they'll never yeah re bring back. Like I don't think they'll ever try to re do red dead revolver yeah even though it is what i would say people should try to play it they're never gonna do it it's not really canon towards you know the current red dead franchise yeah it's kind of like just kind of there uh yeah. i don't really think they're gonna do like tabletop tennis or oh anything, i was gonna but... say they gotta do table tennis rockstar games I, I see, table they, tennis they got to but I they don't got think to so. it's got to speaking about rockstar Give it to i Blue recently Point. picked up a copy of a smuggler's run Oh, which I, that's I forgot a, that's what an that, older one. That's a much old. That was before even like San Andreas, because mm. that's what inspired for a much more like dirt open road in San Andreas, where like very big cities to drive around in. So I guess this is some exciting news as far as you know, like something we've thought of for other game companies. Like this is the mm-hmm. first we're kind of hearing of like let's like Sony. Why don't you come make a Castlevania game or an MGS remake with Blue Fight? It's like, here we go. We're getting a <laughs> Max Payne from Remedy. It definitely could be. And the same thing is, like, I think Konami and Sony have such a deep history with each other that they could yeah. honestly be like, hey, let us take care of the video games. You will give you your cut. We'll give it to one of our studios. It's not like people wouldn't want a Metal Gear Solid new entry or a new and or a remake. <laughs> you look at Konami, like... Well, we give them rights to the, to the, these franchises. They make it for us, and we get our cut. And it's just like, honestly, we still have the rights towards these games, so we can obviously still have a final say-so. But it's just like, if we just let them do all the development, why not? And I I just don't know why it hasn't happened. Maybe they're, you know, we don't know. Maybe secretly they're talking about it, and we just yeah. don't know about it. But cross your fingers, I hope. I mean, I look, really Blue Point like... did Demon Souls. From exactly. wasn't going to do Demon Souls. They were working on Sekiro and Elden Ring in tandem with each other. Exactly. So I really hope like we get like a, a Metagross Solid remake or a Castlevania, you know, yeah, a new one maybe somewhere along the road. The good thing to pull from this new story, I think, is that something like this is happening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can go on about how much yeah. games we would want to be. I think I'll end it on this note. It would be such a easy, easy, no-brainer idea just to port MGS4 to PS4 and PS5 and just do that and just put the HD uh, collection on PS4. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I feel like that, that would sell a couple of copies. <laughs> oh, it's, I would uh, definitely say it would sell a couple of 
uh, at least a million. I would rebuy it, honestly. No, so question. would I. I would honestly rebuy it. It's not that I don't have a copy of it, but it's just it's like just you have a no brainer to, to have out. the access yeah. to it on your modern console. Exactly. It's, it's just that. It's just like it's. I mean, it's possible we've seen them re-release PS4 and PS3 games at the same time. Yeah, and they used to do back five. on PS3. They would bring PS2 games in as a classic collection, but then they kind of stopped doing that. Like they had Killzone One and Two. Um, come back as a collection, the Ratchet and Clank game, stuff like that. But hey, what will we see? Because our next story is about games being re-released. Capcom is doing another arcade stadium where they bring out those deep cut arcade games. It just seems Mm -hmm. like Capcom cares about preserving their history. Like we've got Mm -hmm. fighting game collections, um, beat em up collections. We've got two arcade collections now. It's like between Capcom and Konami and Sega releasing all these compilations of their old classic games. It's like you got to wonder why certain companies like Nintendo are keeping them locked to a service rather than making, you know, high ticket collector's edition physical copies of these things. I know. Maybe, maybe one day. Because if you look at it, Look at Disney. They used to have the whole Disney Vault thing where it was yes. you, you have to buy these Disney movies on DVD or VHS or else they're going away. Oh, like Super Mario 3D All-Stars that's back in the Disney Vault, apparently, even though I see it every time I go to the store. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's one of those things where what's the point? What's really the point? Hopefully one day Nintendo can see how Disney was like that and it kind of, I would say, negatively impacted their their whole like marketing because if you vault everything and you know people lose or like they lose their copy or they they're the thing that plays the the movie anything like the dvd player it breaks and they no longer have ways to play it's impossible to find it these hardware eventually they all either break or they just lose it and it gets old and they're hard to find so why vault it to where people are trying to I, I guess hoard them and then try to sell it at a very high, you know, yeah. bigger market price where you get no profit out happens. of that. There's, you know, it's sort of like the pro, you know, the potential for profit is amazing. That's why I believe Disney was just like we should stop this whole vault thing. Just re- have a standard DVD release of it, and obviously now streaming is a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind like, of all it's put kind of all just there now. Yeah, it's like it's kind of all our major stuff that I know. I know there's something some deep cuts that people either don't care about anymore, or you know we're just not going to re-release it. It's just like it doesn't. It wouldn't make a difference if it's yeah. out or not. Like we really don't think that it would do well. Makes sense why they wouldn't want to re-release it. So that's what I'm saying. Like Nintendo would be like, we could just release all our good stuff. It doesn't have to be physical. It could all be digital, and I still think it would still do very well. For just on things like physical games, like aside from Nintendo games. Even a lot of these indie games and even some classics like Force Unleashed are are games that are being released on Switch and like PS5 at this point um, by limited run. So like imagine having a nice fresh physical copy of the Wii version of Force Unleashed for your Switch in 2022. I think that's kind of cool. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we got one more. I would call this a um, big news story this week, um, but I have some thoughts. Uh, so Kingdom Hearts had a 20th anniversary event wherein they announced with trailer and gameplay Kingdom Hearts 4. I keep forgetting this is a thing. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. Oh, I, I uh, have something to say. I say it every can, time we talk about Kingdom Hearts. On, uh, I, yeah, I got one thing to say. One. I hate Kingdom Hearts 3, Robert. I really do. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of people that will defend that game. But honestly, even at a never playing it standpoint and looking at it as for people who's deeply reviewed it and their standpoint, it's just that there is a lot of like still oh, there's old so school much 2005 like Kingdom Hearts dialogue, like very slow and just like monotone dialogue and just like, you know, just like what's going on. It's like, no, it's just like, you know, it's really weird. And it's just like a lot of like you're playing the game midway through, then a tutorial hits. It's just a lot of that happens. And it's not like, like, like it, it would be fine if it wasn't called Kingdom Hearts 3, but it was called Kingdom Hearts like 17 or something. Because let's be honest, if you don't play it any of like the other games, games, you're going to be completely lost. Exactly. I, like, I've I, even I, played all the other games except for like, I don't know, the mobile game, which you needed to play to understand Kingdom Hearts 3. And one of the like the 3ds one dream drop distance it's like can't can't i just have gone through the plot of one and two to get to three no you've got to go through 
the the rabbit hole, the Alice in Wonderland. Exactly, and that's what a lot of people who really did their time on the reviews and they, and you know I read through their reviews because they they pretty much did all the heavy lifting. They're just like a big problem is that either you need to connect to all the other games that aren't really easy to access and you and and they're important to the story so you won't know what's happening and like I said, it's just a lot of things that they really point out some people like three who knows maybe they maybe they just kept lying to themselves and just really wanted to like this game it happens a lot where you you lie to yourself and you want to like something but in the end you know it's just like it's just not good and maybe months from now years from now maybe never but they might be like, hey, I honestly, yeah, I don't think it was as good as if as I remember. I was trying to make myself like something I didn't like. But uh, so far from what I've seen. I mean, it looks cool because it's in the real world and all that. That's the one thing is that some people are questioning the way it looks, that they don't like the way it's designed. Well, I think that'll just be one world. That's what the general consensus seems to be. And that's kind of what I'm going on here is that, like, that'll be one world. And I mm-hmm. also have noticed people on, like, Sites like IGN are reporting that people on Reddit have found, like, an ATST foot from Star Wars in it, which could suggest there might be a Star Wars world. Here's the thing, though. Kingdom Hearts, if it's anything like the third in the gameplay department, I can't bring myself to... I mean, mm-hmm. listen, I liked Kingdom Hearts until I played Kingdom Hearts. Then, <laughs> then the story That's got to be good... too much. Then the gameplay <laughs> got to be too much. I think I think I liked it better as an onlooker. Some sometimes that's that's not a good where it's like I like no, it up to the point of me. It's playing something it. that I prefer to watch. I think, but not anymore now that the story's mm. gone wild. But like back when the first yeah. one came out, I enjoyed watching a friend of mine play that game. I was very excited to see what was happening. Then I pick it up to play Kingdom Hearts one, and I'm finding a coconut for two and a half hours before I can do anything. Yeah, uh, I don't even like coconut. Yeah. Hopefully. With this one, there's not like 50 other weird, like you gotta play this on the uh, Atari Links in order to get what this plot of four or is. Go or go to the Kingdom Hearts play. Hotel. It's like, oh, you gotta play it on uh, Stadia, to, like a uh, Kingdom Hearts Stadia version where it's tied to the fourth game, and then so, somehow Stadia just ends up being like, we're discontinuing, and there's no longer available towards anything else, but it was on Stadia, so it's like, it's gone, it's lost media, and then it's just like, like some well, of the mobile games? it's important to the story. <laughs> or the exactly. browser game? Like... I'm pretty sure there was a browser game. You know what would be great? If this game was a soft reboot, but it's not gonna be. Organization 13 was already in no. the trailer. <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, say what you want. Some people are gonna be high for it, some people are gonna be not. That, Give that Mickey Mouse a lightsaber. Left. Uh, My I'm, thoughts I'm on really Kingdom big... Hearts 4 can be summed up as that. Or, or, or give him some Beskar armor. I, I guess it's sort of what, and people are like, well, why, why don't you like about Kingdom Hearts? It's just a lot. It's Everything. the type of game it is. <laughs> it's the type of game it is. And it's like, oh, what about the characters? They're Final Fantasy characters. I really don't like Final Fantasy. Well, here's honestly. the thing. It's, they kind of stopped having Final Fantasy characters in it. I liked it better when it was Disney and Final Fantasy, not whatever Kingdom Hearts 3 turned into. No, yeah. And then honestly, they're like, oh, what about the Disney stuff? I'm not a big Disney guy either. I really don't like dig Disney like that. I'm not having like, Really, I, a couple things I like, but I doubt they'll have a Haunted Mansion section or they'll re-release the Haunted Mansion yeah. PS2 game to modern consoles. Are you paying with the original Ice Caps on? Come music. on, give me that. Give me Haunted Mansion for the PS2 and Xbox and GameCube on modern consoles. <laughs> I want that. Come on, Disney, Disney and Sega. You got, come on, you got the money for it. I know you got the money for it. You can re-release that. It's like easy, like fifty bucks you can store in right there. But anyway, mixed thoughts from me on this one because a lot of, of people my are history with the series also i i know it, this has been a recurring thing in the show for like the past three or four weeks now but like don't announce your game this far ahead we all know this isn't coming out anytime soon <laughs> no I, i'm tired actually it's coming companies... out tomorrow my bad it's coming out tomorrow it's gonna be a shadow drop i just know it I'm tired of companies announcing something and then, like, years later they release it. Where it's just when you know it's at least within a year window where, like, we can release this within the year 
or even the beginning of next year, mid next year, announce it. A hundred announce it because the wait will just kill it more. It's just there's a good time of waiting, and there's a bad time of waiting. There's oh, it's you know a year or two. That's pretty good wait time. It's just like, but you know a lot of things. People's lives change. Maybe the guy who's really anticipating it finds a different hobby and no longer enjoys video games, so he just never goes back on it. You lost someone already right there. A lot of things can happen in a short amount of time. So it's just like don't announce it and then release it ten years later. Someone's gonna be like six years old and then they hear it and then they turn 16 and they're no longer interested in it or they've moved or someone was you know 20 and they announced 30 years and now he has a life with kids and all this stuff so it's like he can't be have no time to play no games like square you know, enix you, always you does this always it's always square enix exactly yet they released guardians of the galaxy like four months after they announced it it was amazing best game they've done in years how come it's yeah, like, that's how, how you... <laughs> it's like okay eat us montreal okay give give them kingdom hearts for it. they'll crank it out <laughs> exactly and then like another one's like breath of the wild 2 they announced i honestly don't think they should ever they should announce this like that was like nintendo's month, big mistake along yeah with, well that was like, a like we said a metroid prime 4 maybe not because development had changed but breath of the wild 2 definitely announced way too early i really think that if metroid prime 4 they didn't really like if they liked the way it was they would have just released it It would have been out by now no without a doubt oh, it would have released with like with the window of dread but but would it have been like good it, that's why they're like, i well, don't know yeah since obviously they didn't like it that's why they're like Technically, I would say it was, you know, it was disannounced. You know, they disannounced yeah. it that they are going to work on it. So they'll maybe have another announcement to be how far they are. In the, the So it's kind of like de-announced. Like, trust us, we're, we're going to try to make it. But the one that we announced, you know, a long uh, certain time ago, that's no longer going to happen. That's that's done for. It would be amazing if we got that before Breath of the Wild 2. It would be so funny. If we got it like this we'll October see. or something, it's Ooh. it's the Duke Nukem of, of of Nintendo. Ugh, hopefully not. Hopefully it's not the Duke Nukem of Nintendo. That would Where that they, would imply it was that it would be announced so long ago. I can't believe there's a story of a guy who bought who pre-ordered that game years ago uh-huh. and still had the receipt and showed him. And they still, I I mean, that's a good thing. They still honor that pre-order. They're like, well, he pre-ordered, so that's <laughs> the receipt. I guess we got to give it to him. Like, I know, that's how people felt it. when Lego Star Wars finally came out last week and they had pre-orders from two years back. No, I mean, like, dude, this guy pre-ordered. I know, this was, was ages so and ages like, and ages. <laughs> that receipt was barely visible, but hey, it's still there, so you gotta give it. So, my Nintendo Direct rumor, I was told to look at my phone today, so while I'm waiting for the message to come in, let's do some Pokemon Drip. This week on Pokemon Drip, where we rate and review Pokemon character clothes, we're looking at the protagonist from Pokemon Black and White 2, Nate and Rosa. So Rosa, from Pokemon Black yeah. and White 2, another top-tier Pokemon design that everybody it's seems everywhere. to love. It's really it, cool. It's all merchandising, all promotion. It's mm-hmm. one of the designs you see the most. It's Nintendo really used this design because people really enjoyed it. It's a really good design. Yeah, and this is kind of where the Pokemon designs got the different eyes than the regular Ken Sugimori eyes. Like, they've got a more rounded shape to them. But, like, I've always enjoyed Rosa's design, and Black and White 2 are pretty good games to boot. But, like, I don't know, something about... The, the black tights and the yellow skirt and the cool shirt and the, the way that the hair goes with the hat and the bag and the shoes. I don't know. It's drip. Drip for sure. I, I enjoy how even though there's a yellow skirt that the, the black, I would say what, I don't know what I don't know what they are. Yoga pants, like I don't know what what they could be, but since the pants are, because you would assume that the yellow skirt matches with the shoes, but I do like how the shoes are blue with yellow, yeah, uh, laces. So it not only you know still matches with the the blue shirt, it still matches with the yellow pants, but not so much that you know the yellow skirt things is the main focus. You know, because yeah. it's weird when you match your shoes with your pants; it looks very funny. Uh, the general sense is that you match your shirt with your pants. Uh, yeah. So it still matches all around. Like I said the black, you know, uh, leggings, whatever it may be, is way more prevalent than the the yellow skirt. Mm-hmm. The blue shirt, obviously, very nice touch. Hair, not a weird design. It seems honestly like could be it's possible. Like Princess it doesn't Leia seem hair. like a yeah. It's like it's not with even some twin bags. Pretty nice bag matches with the socks or whatever's at the bottom of, of or top of the shoes. It matches with it. So everything pretty much is matching all the way through. It's nothing weird. Nothing. You're you're just like oh that doesn't that colors don't go together or anything like that and it just kind of all fits together. So let me ask you, with such a great you know with such a great choice in clothing, where did Nate go wrong? Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know this dude existed. I looked at him, I said, this is a real character design. I've never seen this. Make it stop. I've never seen this dude. Make it stop. I uh, the the the. 
I know baggy shorts are kind of or baggy a lot of clothes are things, but I don't I never believe baggy shorts with some with some with some black leggings is, is like I don't think that went well. It's very baggy and then it's just sort of like it goes to the knee and then you got the black whatever it is i don't know what the, it could be leotards for all you know but shoes match don't really match the shirt because it's blue and it's a blue jacket as well so not only is the jacket and the shirt matching which the jacket and the shoes should be matched if you're gonna wear a jacket the jacket and the shoes should match while the shirt could be a different color and still match with everything else the man doesn't uh, look comfortable no the pants look like they get dirty and like they get wet at the bottom for no particular reason like even if it's a dry area they'll be wet at the bottom uh the jacket pop collar but i like how it's a pop collar and it seems like it goes to his neck but his chin still goes over the pop collar so how long is this dude's neck we will never know uh the hat matches the shoes which is uh, this is all right. I'd rather match the hat with the shirt. I don't see the jacket with the shoes. I, w- I would say so. It should have been a red shirt and the blue shoes would match the jacket. Those blues with the black leggings does not go well because, like I said, when you match your pants to your shoes, it's weird. It looks very weird. It got to be different colors and not, you know, they got to not really complement one another. That's where the shoe or the jacket is or the shirt and jacket yeah. is for. It's just a bag not really messing with it it's pretty big it, it more yeah looks like a a, a pretty big luggage like i said like it doesn't look com- it doesn't look like he's a comfortable doesn't look comfortable character and the hair uh don't like the design of it no did we just go hard on pokemon drip yeah the, <laughs> do not like his drip i mean the, the thing is that the drippiest thing on him are his shorts but it just doesn't go with the outfit yeah. the shorts do not match the, it's the, the person or the outfit exactly zero badoof out of five because if if his if his jacket is is sized to him where it's hitting his hips, it's all nicely fit. Then the pants should match that. It shouldn't be baggy pants with a nice fit shirt. It should be baggy shirt, baggy pants, or baggy shirt, baggy uh, shorts, which it's not, and that's why it looks weird. Well, at least we got one five badoofs out of five with Rosa. Yeah, and then he's like negative five badoofs out of uh, Porygons. You know, it's just they're not even the same thing. It's just it doesn't work. Yeah, I'd go so far as to give Rosa. A shiny Badoof. Yeah, it's like I said, Nintendo used this design for a long time. It's everywhere. You see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think they still would use it to this day. We're going to get into some interesting Pokemon des- character designs here pretty soon. I feel like th- pretty th- soon. we're, we're going to get into the 3DS generation here ne- next time. So, yeah. Oh, look what's coming in on my phone. Nintendo Direct rumor. Okay, okay, let's see. This Nintendo Direct rumor is for a game. It's a DDR game for the Nintendo Switch. DDR is back. It's a Sonic mm-hmm. Dance Dance Revolution game. Mm-hmm. It's DDR Sonic Mega Mix. It has uh, over a hundred songs. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Including Ice Cap Zone. Dot dot dot. Mushroom Hill. Chemical Plant. Green Hill Zone. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Metropolis zone. Dot dot dot. And more. Smiley face. Okay. Bye. <laughs> uh, quick question. Real question. Uh, I recently purchased a Wii. Um, it came with Sonic 3 still on it. Does the Wii version of Sonic 3 has iCap zone with the original music? Hold up. What? Are you being for real here? So, I'm being for real for real. I, I re- just remember right now I bought a Wii. And it still has Sonic 3 on it. And does that, the Wii version, come with the original Ice Cap Zone music? It should. All right, then Robert, I have one with the original Ice Cap Zone music. I'm going to need you to play through the first four levels of that game to, to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> because you might have something very desirable on your hands with that one. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I, I'll let you know. I was trying to see. I was trying to get to the level select. Uh, impossible. I couldn't figure out how to get to the level select. I, I think you have to zone, get but... a game over or something for the level select. But I think Sonic music would lend itself well to having like hip hop remixes, f- like for exactly. a Dance Dance Revolution Come game. Because remember they did this with Pumpkin Mario. Pumpkin Hill Zone. Pumpkin Hill Zone for sure. Like, why didn't the message mention that? Also, I don't know who messaged me the rumor this week. I'm assuming it's the same guy that usually sends them in. <laughs> Uh, you got you just gotta change your phone number now i don't know who's sending you messages um but we see like 
Mario had a Dance Dance game, Sonic could easily have one. The, the music in the Sonic games is a cut above, like, normal video game music, and it always has been. Oh, I wonder if, with the Switch, they could... Because, def- obviously, they still release Just Dance games. Is it yeah. easier to to do dancing games than it was back in the day? Because they had a whole, I like, I doubt DDR it, pad. but, like, maybe bring a DDR pad that plugs into the USB port on the Switch, and, like, you're dancing on it. And like each one, is I mean, that's to one of the face pretty dangerous. It's pretty dangerous knowing that the switch is not actually attached to you know to the dock. It can slip out. So if you someone yanks it, your switch is going across rooms. Oh, that's true. Now it's a real ice cap zone. Ooh, a slippery slope. Exactly. But so I want this to happen. We'll see. I, w- I wonder if they'll actually get tie-in like uh, copywriting music. Like you get like I don't like know, the soundtrack from Sonic the Hedgehog three and Knuckles. <laughs> Exactly. Well, like, well, what, no, but like, what would be let's put like a hard times by the Jetsons. Yeah, let's just say that hard. That's a popular song, right? Kids are listening to that. I would dance, dance all night long to hard times by the Jetsons. Oh, man, it's <laughs> yeah, bring that. But uh, no, yeah, but we'll. I mean, it, it could have multiple. Uh, I wonder if they'll keep it as like the Mario DDR, or they'll make it look like the how you know how all dancing games look now, yeah. like a faceless. Thing and then you no, I want this to have characters want... and everything. I exactly. want, I want Sonic I would, I would and Knuckles to be have. spinning on their heads, and like, I want it to. I want them to go all out. I want this to be a classic style Sega game where they just put it all out there. Maybe they might have uh, guest characters like the the monkeys from uh, Monkey Ball to appear. Oh yeah, I'm I'm playing a, a Sega game right now where a lot of characters cross over. I'll talk about it here pretty soon. Or maybe they'll get the Yakuza cast to join in. Oh, Yakuza, you mean that video game series that had a cameo at the beginning of the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie as part of the Sega logo? <laughs> it did. I, I was I was going to I was trying to tie in a, a Yakuza reference in the game. Yeah. What if uh Hear me out. Yakuza would be a great crossover for this because there's like dancing karaoke in those games. So, with actual English dubbed songs. It was amazing. We'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah. the movie's doing very well, so maybe they might bring in some stuff to, you know. I I really I'm surprised it didn't release a game with the movie to kind of tie it yeah, in. Yeah, I guess together. they're just working on Sonic Frontiers right now. But hey, you know what? This game will get announced in Nintendo Direct that's happening tomorrow alongside the release of Kingdom Hearts 4. I'm sure of it. We gotta wait and see, man. Mm-hmm. Hope one of these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we got a lot of games to cover here. Let's start with Kirby in the Forgotten Land. So yes. this is... That Kirby game that's a 3D platformer instead of a 2D platformer for the first time ever. I recently finished the story and now I'm working on the post game. I gotta say, um, initially I think we were led to believe this was going to be an open world. But after playing the demo, we understand that it's not. So this is just, it's a level-based Kirby that feels like it's got the DNA of a Kirby game combined with the DNA of Mario 3D World. And I was going to say... uh odyssey because from what i've seen gameplay it kind of reminds me of odyssey i'd say it's more 3d world than odyssey world. but some aspects guess, of it like the boss fights feel very Odyssey. yeah i i guess design it's odyssey but gameplay it's 3d world it's definitely yeah. not they're different but the bosses are definitely more odyssey mm-hmm. i will say that's for sure um but i'm i'm gonna say that initially i thought maybe i wasn't going to be as into it because some of the objectives feel felt like tedium at the start but as i played mm-hmm. more and more i'm like no i am enjoying searching around for the waddle d's hidden in every level some of the objectives are a little obtuse and you're like okay mm-hmm. you don't have to guess if you go through the level any objective that you haven't gotten yet will reveal itself so that next time you go through it and the levels are fun to replay because the the combat and the way things progress through the game is really fun it doesn't feel like a chore um, the hardest ones to get were beating the bosses without taking damage, and you know I hate stuff like that. But there are mm-hmm. power-ups that make you go faster or increase your attack power, and you could put it on the easy mode to do those challenges, and it really doesn't affect your percentage or anything. It just, your numbers will keep going up. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, from a design standpoint, the worlds are different from what we're used to in Kirby. There is the kind of, like, ruins of, like, humanity, then there is like a water world that's like kind of mechanical kind of water. There's a mm. theme park. There's an ice level. There is a desert and a volcano. 
And in usual Kirby fashion, we won't spoil anything here, but it does go crazy at the end. It does get wild and cosmic at the end. It doesn't get wild. Kirby is one of that one of those things where Kirby face that's all happy, but yeah. the lore is insane. I know the lore in this one. It's it's going places, including something I never thought I would hear in a Kirby game that comes out towards the end. And when we do spoilers on Kirby in the Forgotten Land, um, we will talk about that. But the main gist of this game is that you and as Kirby are saving Waddle Dees that have been captured by the Beast Pack, which are the bosses in the game. It's not your usual Kirby bosses. How 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 long do, honestly is this game? Do you, is there a lot of side tracking where if um, you, yeah, there, there's side like the tracking. The main story is there's like the main story is really two hours, and side tracking makes it to six, or is it a long story with put it, a good put amount it this of side tracking too? If you wanted to just rush through the levels without finding any of the Waddle Dees, mm-hmm. three hours, maybe four. If you mm. want to find them all, give it 10. Then there's okay. a really so lengthy it's... post game that basically puts condensed versions of all the worlds into one level where you're collecting something else and with tougher objectives and stuff like that. But at the same time okay. you're doing all this, you're rebuilding the town. And the town has a battle coliseum where you can go fight bosses for a currency that'll help you upgrade your abilities or power them up. There's like a fishing mini game. There's little toy capsule machines where you can, where like part of the game's main objective is to collect all the figures. There is like a tilt and tumble Kirby mini game. There's a like a Kirby working at a restaurant mini game. There's a lot of interesting stuff to sidetrack you from from the main progression of things. And there is incentives to go back to the levels to replay them with different abilities or or whatnot so it, it might seem like there there's only 12 main abilities which is a very small amount for a kirby game however uh-huh. these can all be evolved three times or or two more times past their base form except for two which only get two but then two of the other ones get four instead of three so there's effectively 36 mm. different power-ups across 12 mm-hmm. base power-ups and these things they get crazy. They go from like, oh, you've got Fire Kirby, but then you've got Volcano Fire Kirby, and then you've got Dragon Fire Kirby, or you've got like Kirby with the giant like Buster Sword from like Final Fantasy, or Kirby with <laughs> Meta Knight Sword. Um, sometimes like you'll have Kirby the Ranger who has like a like a like a pellet shooter. Then he'll turn into like the Great Ranger who shoots like a cannon, and then the Space Ranger mm-hmm. who shoots like a laser that you can charge up, and he'll turn into like a vortex thing. So like the power ups do get crazy. But it might be disappointing to hear that there's only twelve like base power ups from the get go. Will he will he morph into the Zeo Rangers? Unfortunately, they're gonna probably have to save that one for the sequel. Sad, oh. sadly missed the Zeo Rangers. Sad, boo. <laughs> but Meta Knight Sword kind of looks like the Gold Zeonizer. <laughs> oh, I'm, I forgot. Did I ever show you that the Gold Ranger stuff that I yes. found? Yes, I think I did. That's why I, I brought did. it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely gotta definitely gotta bring that in the next kirby game yeah um so the bosses i wasn't super into them at first but then i learned that there's like a bullet time dodge mechanic where you slow down time and then you can counterattack. Mm-hmm. and now i'm all about fighting the what bosses. is this <laughs> kirby max pain it was like i thought what i was thinking of was bayonetta because <laughs> <laughs> slow down time kirby max pain where he just jumps to the side yeah if you do a if you do a dodge right when the enemies are charging at you he'll do a, a time slow and then you can like counter attack the boss or whatever does does character designs of the bosses what would you rank them like i guess like for me a very good like game with very good boss battles is like donkey kong country 2 is pretty good they're kind of all the bosses kind of fit their their levels how would you rank these bosses like in terms of how fun they are to play or how they look Uh, sort of you could do different categories you can do how they look could be better than how they play or how they play is better than how they well how they look reminds me of old nintendo where the bosses did have a really unique and interesting design to them like this is the like kirby is famous i think at least in my eyes for having the same bosses over and over again but in this one, so this is uh, Metroid esque, where it's like diff really cool designs that they're not going to be a, a cut a carbon copy of a lot of sort of the same enemies yes. we've seen in the past. You're going to have very unique things in here. Even the mini bosses like Mr. Frosty and Bonkers, mm-hmm. they've got new designs in here. They've got like more grizzled and wild designs mm-hmm. to them. There's some new bosses in there, and then the main bosses, the Beast Pack. 
They're like a giant gorilla that's like the first boss. There is a tree, but it's a tropical tree. It's not wispy woods. It's mm-hmm. tropic woods. There is a cat, and there is an armadillo that's like a uh, kind of like a crazed armadillo called the silly dillo. Yeah, the armadillo from Bubsy. That's Bubsy. <laughs> this is what no, he grew up to do. No, because he said a cat and an armadillo. It's just Bubsy. Oh, well, his friend's an armadillo. <laughs> exactly um and even king ddd has a really cool awesome redesign in this that like absolutely fits the post-apocalyptic theme that the game is going for um as mm-hmm. for are they fun to fight they're definitely more fun to fight after you've fought them a few times and you understand how the combat in this game works when it comes to bosses um i do think that the bosses are the hardest part of this game but mm-hmm. there are ways like i said to mitigate the difficulty of fighting them I believe the boss should always, I say it's a good design, the boss should still be harder than the main game. If your main game is is more difficult than the boss, then what's the point of a boss when the main game is already difficult? It's sort of how, it's like, ah, I can't get this really simple part, but this boss is supposed to be the baddest of the bad. I can take him out pretty easy. Yeah. So, like, they're not pushovers. But you, you will get to a point when you can do them with no damage, because... I mean, once you learn that the... I didn't know about the time slowdown thing until, like, after I beat it's, the game. So... I like how <laughs> that was me with Cuphead. I went through the whole game without throwing, without knowing the uh, smoke power. Oh, yeah, where, but like, you, you had to buy that one, through. right? I didn't know that. You had to yeah, purchase that Yeah, but it's very cheap, and I didn't know that. And I went through the whole game, and then I was like, you could do this, and this is what... I guess that's, this, you know, the whole thing where you get this, and it makes it a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, I think I that's what breaks, like, it. the I'm stage like, play boss. I think that completely breaks that level, the, the, the smoke exactly. bomb thing. But, uh... So... I mean, post-game is pretty good so far i'm going to have another arena to do with like you know kirby's always got another arena with the true final boss but unlike star allies i feel like this one is manageable and i still would one day like to beat star allies ultimate arena because you get like the game boy kirby as a playable character if you do that Mm -hmm. and you know how much i want that is kirby a furby no furbies are kind of creepy he could with the little but he could he could eat a furby and now he is a furby he's kirby the furby oh you know what? That brings me to the last point I wanted to make on this intro discussion of Forgotten Land. The mouthful mode. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's you like could, the like, central part of the game. Um, yeah, you can turn you can into a car into and drive. You can turn into a, a traffic cone and like smash holes in the ground or a vending machine and shoot cans at, at enemies. You can turn into like a little like lid to pop something open um you can turn into a ring that lets you shoot out air or like move faster on a boat like and these are all integrated very well there's only a handful of them but i think like they can expand on these maybe in future games if they decide to make like a direct sequel to this um i do like Mm -hmm. the inclusion of it it makes it feel like there are more than 12 power-ups because these abilities are used quite frequently and the game will sprinkle along what's called treasure roads which are smaller levels that are challenges scattered throughout each of the worlds where it will give you one ability and you'll have to do a challenge that revolves around using the sword ability or using the evolved form of the fire ability or doing a race with the car and and they'll have a set time which thankfully doesn't count towards your completion only beating the levels does and it like the times are ridiculous like that some of the times like limits on these levels is like i don't know how you Mm -hmm. can pull something like that off but Every single of the 36 abilities and mouthful modes um, have their own separate challenge road level that lasts anywhere from like one to three minutes. So I I don't see myself replaying those per se because I wasn't, I think that's my least favorite part of the game, but they are there to add that additional content and let you kind of hone your abilities with mastering, not just playing each ability, but mastering them because to, to break some of those time limits requires you to be almost pixel perfect i think on some of them like especially the car one it's like uh-huh. you got to be really good at this game um to get the times on those challenge roads so thankfully the time yeah. limits are are optional things like the suggested time limit or whatever you did get 50 coins if you if you hit it but other than that it's it's optional I honestly think that's pretty much all we can really say if anything anymore would kind of be spoilers yeah we're not going to get into spoilers really yet be? yeah yeah there well, there, there are some really kind of about? spoilers in this but we will yeah, get to I don't that. think they're major spoilers. I yeah, think it's n- kind of nothing like too major, but like definitely yeah. something that could ruin 
someone's it's, experience if they knew before getting to it. I don't think it I don't think it would because it's sort of just you have to explain it in this way to or if it sounds interesting to somebody or you know they get it like if they weren't interested in it already and they you know it sounds like oh this sounds pretty actually interesting I'll get it or maybe someone who who was interested but then they're just hearing it like you know what doesn't really interest me and you know you know people can take it as they want but I think yeah. it's pretty spoiler free more or less yeah there's just one little thing at the end that we'll get to at another point that I think made me double take i was like what <laughs> but that's that's kirby for right now really good game really fun and honestly i think kirby works better as this mario 3d world type platformer than mario 3d world and that might be a controversial take but something about the gameplay of kirby meshes really mm. well with the 3d platformer like i'm surprised they hadn't gone to it i don't think it is a controversial thing i think some people didn't enjoy the mario 3d world i stuff. thought it was fine there, but yeah, like this is better it's just like how mario was pretty all right as a platform but donkey kong is definitely better so one other thing that i wanted to bring up this week especially so i could name the episode <laughs> a certain thing that you will see as, as the episode name oh so this has to be in it yes is elden ring i want to bring up elden oh. ring because as of this recording i have gotten the platinum on elden ring now all around here's the thing I'm All going right. to say the two parts of Elden Ring that I did not like before we before anything else. There is a dungeon called mm -hmm. the Gelnir Hero's Grave, which is got these like things that will like roll over you if you don't like move into like sidewalls or whatever. And they're easy enough to mm -hmm. dodge, but there's some platforming sections where the thing is going too fast and I just found that dungeon to be miserable. The other thing I will say is that, Robert, I was stuck on a boss for 10 hours in this game. Uh, I don't know. The longest I had ever been stuck on a boss on before it? this was the Sword Saint in Sekiro and Alfather for four hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that bad compared to my boss that I was stuck on for a long time. Which one was that? That was the Fury in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, three, that's right. For, uh, that's European right. Extreme. Yeah. I, I stayed days trying to beat him and it never happened and then i gave up and like months later i said i forgot like i, I knew it was like i know why i stopped playing but i was just like i'll give it another shot but yeah 10 hours is a very long time yeah to, to be stuck on a boss and obviously one of our test episodes before the podcast even started was about difficult games so like your boss and like this boss would now show up as part of a discussion on that but this was the valiant gargoyles it is an optional mm -hmm. boss but a boss you need for the platinum and to complete a particular side quest. It's two stone gargoyles that are just attacking with poison and zipping at you and swinging an axe and all that. The reason I was stuck on it for so long is that I couldn't summon anybody. For some reason, my game wouldn't let me summon anybody in that area. It would always say unable to summon or was always time people out and everything. Yet, I could summon for every other boss. So I was stuck on this for 10 hours, either waiting around outside the room or failing against the Valiant Gargoyles. See, they're just real mad that their show got canceled on Disney, man. Ooh, Gargoyles are very upset. People. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> That's a deep cut show. I like man. those Gargoyles better than the ones in Elden Ring, though. The, the Gargoyles <laughs> in Elden Ring suck. They were like, oh, they canceled the show. Uh, we're really mad. Like, why? I don't think they were as mad as I was before I beat this boss, though. So. Ten hours <laughs> trying to beat him? However... Who's this guy? We're going to take it out on him. Ironically, the two bosses in the area that you get for beating the Valiant Gargoyle, one was a Crucible Knight, which is a really tough enemy. Beat him on the first try. The other one was a Lich Dragon. Beat him on the first mm -hmm. try. A dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A dragon mm -hmm. at the end dragons. of a critical side quest. I beat on the first dragons, try. Yeah. <laughs> dragons, uh, now they're very upset about, um, I don't know what dragons be upset for. They kind of, they kind of been. They're uh, upset been that another long. Disney Channel show called American Dragon Jake Long got canceled. Oh, I forgot about that show. Jake Long, come on. <laughs> Maybe uh, they didn't, they're mad because they didn't finish the Jackie Chan show with oh. the talismans. I was watching a show where one of the people made a reference to the Jackie Chan show like two minutes before we recorded this episode. <laughs> you know that Jackie Chan actually doesn't voice Jackie Chan in the Jackie yes, Chan I show? I did not know that. <laughs> that was, it ruined everything. But he always showed up in the live action scenes. He did. I don't yeah. know why he didn't voice his own person. Mm -hmm. But that's a Valiant Gargoyle. The hardest boss of the game is actually Melania, who 
will hit you with a 12 sword slash and heal with every hit. And it will either kill you or leave you close enough to death to where one more hit can kill you. So you basically essentially seems like you have to beat her without taking any hits. But like with the power mm-hmm. of online summoning, like the two people that helped me with that one used, I think like a godskin peeler to send out this, like, it looks like flies. It looks like red flies that are just zipped at her health. And this is like a two phase boss, stuff like that. So, I mean, like... He's sending the, out locusts? Something like that. It was amazing. I, I'm just going to say it was amazing. And shout out to the people who, like, I asked on the Discord for help on things like the final bosses because I think my skill ceiling was the dragon that I fought in the deep root depths, the lich dragon. After that, mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm totally fine with seeing the rest of the game and having people come on to either help or carry me through some of the tougher fights because... I was done with the frustration. I don't want that to mar what I think is an amazing game. Like, we'll get that right out there. Like, I'm, I I chose to not carry over to a new game plus so I can continue exploring mm-hmm. all the caves and dungeons I haven't seen in, like, the snow area and, like, some of the mini dungeons that I haven't explored and found all the items in because, honest to God, in these From Software games, specifically this one, I think... The bosses are my least favorite part. Like, they're very cool. Designs and lore behind them is amazing. I was getting chills on some of them with the lore implications. But nothing has been as exciting so far as, and I said this about Breath of the Wild back in the day, exploring the world and just doing what I want in Elden Ring has been the biggest joy of all. So it does kind of narrow itself down into more of a pure Dark Souls experience at the end, but it's still connected Mm -hmm. by large areas that have caves where you completely get lost in finding new items or bosses to fight. And, like, everything in this game does reward you. You are rewarded for going in any of the 360 directions. There's always something to find. There's always some interesting lore site or vista or an item or weapon that will help make everything feel like it was worth your time and he i'm trying to believe because you told me about that boss dragon that you missed out in the very beginning i wonder if every secret has been found yet because i know there's a lot of games where even the developers will say there's still secrets that people haven't found out yet yeah it's just like what else is there you, you remember when we, I think it was the second time we brought up Elden Ring on the show, I said there was like 150 bosses. I think since then, mm-hmm. at least 37 more have been found or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, there a is a lot here. This is one of those games where it's like, I'm sure there will be a secret discovered years from now. And everybody will be like, Those games what? interest me. Yeah. If, like, Donkey Kong 64, there was a hidden, uh, I believe, uh, it was a donkey coin, and, and everyone thought that it's just like, well, there's this certain amount of coins, but then someone just so happened to find it. So now it makes every other uh, so-and-so run in Valley because, like, well, they technically didn't complete the game because they're missing a coin. Well, did you know that there's a help system that was hidden in Donkey Kong 64 that takes hours and hours and hours and hours just to get a hint to pop up? I was reading about that, that pretty recently. It was mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, Elden Ring seems like it could be one of those things where it's like, oh, there's something sneaky hidden in there. Um, one of the bosses has a whole entire, like, platforming downward world behind him that you needed for one of the endings. And I was just like, this was hidden behind this thing the whole entire time? Not to mention, you could go through Elden Ring and not see, like, 80% of the game if you're not looking for things. Like, I had to go use guides and get help on Discord at a point because I was like, I don't want to miss things that are crucial to see for enjoyment of the story and the visuals of this game. So, um, I did complete what I think is the best side quest with the best character and chose that as my ending to carry on. Um, because as far as From Software standards go, the, the Ronnie the Witch side quest is probably the best one they've ever done. It's very engaging. You do care for the characters, Mm. which is something you never tend to do in a From game, unless it's Sekiro, where there's, like, you're playing as a character and not an insert like you are in the other ones, like a creative character. But this quest was really cool. You really felt for the characters. Had such a, 
downer ending that it was just like man everything in this game turns into a downer plot wise it's like man what's going on we got the bad ending but I, well i got the normal ending the ronnie the witch um side quest ending and i i got the bad ending because I, I i got all three of the endings the bad ending is hands down the most absolutely like horrifying thing i think i've ever Depressing seen thing in a game ever it's like so this is what happened to the world with the bad ending see this is bad the bad ending the bad ending in sonic is that sonic goes home and there's no chili dogs yeah with the bad ending in elden ring is so much worse <laughs> i was just like when i saw the bad ending i was like oh i'm not keeping the bad ending. i can't i can't do this Definitely not. I wonder. I wonder what. So you gotta discuss what games have like really bad endings. It's like the bad ending is just absolute worse. Oh man, I've never seen a piece of media that has a more downer ending than that. Than that, Elden that would Ring. be a different topic. Yeah, for a different episode. But like bad endings, which one would be the most like horrifying endings? The one in we'll Elden see about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to think about that question. But um, the bad ending does come with a bit of lore. That was the most chilling thing I think you could see in Elden Ring in relation to the lore you kind of understand before that. You do see something on the path to the bad ending that it's like, what's going on here? And then one of the bosses, one of the secret bosses towards the end of the game does something with the timeline and and you see the way the boss looks and you're like, what is going on here? So there's a few like, there's a few like, bone chilling lore moments in elden ring Mm -hmm. and that's not something we usually get from a from software game so it's like it it either has to do with this being like a like an open world and very well developed or it has to do with it being pre-apocalyptic like apocalypse starting versus dark souls where it's like apocalypse happened happened forever ago so it's like we kind of have key players in the apocalypse in motion as you play and i thought that was really cool areas it's such a well-designed game it's the most well-designed game i from a design standpoint i think i've ever played because you are encouraged to go everywhere and see everything and you are always going to find something interesting or cool when you do it i wonder if there's a worse ending. imagine if there's a worse ending well compared to apparently the there's a few so other endings but i can't it. i can't see anything being worse than the exactly. bad ending <laughs> Well, I mean, imagine you think there's nothing worse than this, and there's a worse, like, this is worse. You you know what's crazy about the worst ending? Like, obviously, it's hard to spoil this game, so I I think saying Mm -hmm. bad ending is, like, of course there's a bad ending, but the bad ending does carry something over with your character in the second playthrough that I thought was an interesting Mm -hmm. choice, and it's like, no, I don't want, I don't want my character to have that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Selden Ring. We could potentially come back to that. I, I I spoke to someone who's guested on our podcast before who who has expressed interest in doing a special maybe in the future after they've beaten it. But for right now, we'll, we'll leave it at that with, with Elden Ring. And I'm going to continue exploring because I've got a nice big open file with all the areas unlocked. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go find some secrets. <laughs> that being said, for right now, you think we handled this week's episode? I think we could probably save Wonderlands for a bigger thing next week. Yeah, definitely a little bit more time on that. We could definitely talk about it more. But we are going to discuss it, playing it all the way through mm-hmm, some, mm-hmm. one day. Yes. Uh, so for right now, guys, as always, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Or if you don't like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our Podbean site. All of our links are always on our Twitter, and that is at Markers on the Map. So for right now, there's not much to say except... Well, you know what I say every single week on this podcast. You have to know by now. It's that the real Sega 3D Classics collection was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.